0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Truth to Faith podcast. I'm your host, Cliff Stephen. We have a special guest today, J.B. Hickson of the Not By Works Ministries. How are you doing, J.B.? Hey,
1: great to be with you, Cliff. Thanks so much.
0: Yeah, pleasure. Um, I I found you on the Christian Underground News, I believe it is. Yeah. Um, I heard you on there, and I loved your message so I followed your podcast, and I, I'm hooked. I, I listen every day.
1: Well, you're gracious. Yeah, Curtis Chamberlain and I have been friends for a long time, and he does a great job there with that Christian Underground News Network.
0: Yeah, what, what I like about it is, um, so I, I'm a city guy. I grew up in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, it was a tough neighborhood, a lot of crime, a lot of you know, generational drug and alcohol abuse. And the way I found God was through the Catholic Church. I'm no longer, you know, a Catholic. I'm just Christian. But um, to hear Christians who are so aware of the evil side of the world, like I, I grew up in, you know, there was a lot of good stuff, but there was a lot of evil and sinning going on around me. And to hear Christians so aware of, you know, what's really going on in the world really inspired me.
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, First Thessalonians 5, 6 talks about how, uh, you know, we need to wake up. We're not children of the night. We're children of the day. And as uh, I've said often, uh, the last thing the, the world needs is more sleepy Christians. This is an urgent time. We need to be aware of what's happening and sound the alarm.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Because um, in 2012, that's when I started getting hip to the Luciferian agenda, you know, with the child trafficking and the cult and, you know, the sacrificing children to Moloch and all that. Um, so your, your ministries, Not By Work Ministries, when did you start that and what inspired you to start that?
1: Yeah, you bet. So we started back in 1999. I was teaching full-time at a Bible college. Uh, Actually, I was adjuncting at that time, and soon thereafter uh, went on full-time as a, a faculty member, uh, and uh, it started out just as a website and a way for students to get supplemental notes, and I would record my classroom lectures and post them there for students who are absent so they could see, hear the lectures. Uh, but over time, as I started writing and publishing and, and the ministry uh, grew, it, uh, it kind of took on a life of its own, and so in 2013, uh, we incorporated and became a 501c3, which Not thrilled about the connection to the federal government there with the 501c3, but it was really uh, a necessary part of the process since we're not a church, we're a parachurch organization. But uh, anyway, um, our passion is the clarity, urgency, and accuracy of the gospel message. Uh, Our theme verse is Titus 3.5, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. And uh, the last, uh, I'd say, five or six years, in earnest, we've been really speaking at a lot of Bible prophecy conferences, uh, kind of connecting the dots for people uh, with my latest uh, three books on the spirit of the Antichrist and spirit of the false prophet.
0: Yeah, I I, I love your message. Um, when I found you, I was struggling with like, Lord, am I doing enough? Am I going to be saved? Like, and then I found you like God always does. He always leads me to the answer to my question. So right when I was really stressed all the time, am I doing enough? Am I praying enough? Boom, I find you and you say, you know, it's, it's not by works. You're saved. It's a gift. You only have to receive it. And that took so much pressure away from me and anxiety. And I understood that there's nothing I do. It's only through Jesus' you know,
1: sacrifice um that i'm saved amen yeah you nailed it and it's uh it's something that most believers even really don't have a good handle on the idea of grace grace means free gift if it's not grace it's not free if it's not free it's not grace and uh, we just we tend to think that somehow God is is looking for some type of contract or agreement or partnership that, that we have to do something to merit God's favor. But the reality is uh, Jesus paid it all. And we have nothing that we can bring to him. We, uh, we simply have to receive uh, the payment on our behalf when He shed His blood at Calvary uh, and, and paid our, our sin debt. And the only way we can receive it, uh, Cliff, is by faith. You can't earn it. You can't work for it. You can't be good enough. So uh, we're out there uh, sharing that message of good news. It really is good news. Anything that puts works into the the, the salvation equation is not good news. It's bad information, and uh, we want to make it good news like the Bible does.
0: So, so I was listening to a podcast the other day, and this guy was adamant that we had to be following um, the old laws that we're supposed to be living in the old laws. But with Jesus, wasn't that the new covenant? Like obviously, we want to live as good people, but do we have to go live by the old laws as well?
1: No, absolutely not. The book of Galatians makes it clear that the law was put in place until Christ came, uh, and it was a steward. it was it was meant for a purpose to help uh, guide the nation of Israel and to help keep things in check but it was not in any way ever intended to bring salvation, even in the Old Testament. It was just a sort of a preview of the ultimate Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. But people in every generation from Adam until the end of the age are going to have to be saved the same way, and that's by faith. Uh, Abraham, for example, uh, the father of the Jewish nation, he was saved by faith, Genesis 15, 6. So, uh, the, the law was set aside, uh, during the present age, we're now not uh, under the law; we're under the law written on our hearts, the permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And so, anybody who's suggesting that we need to place ourselves back under the law has not read Romans, they've not read Galatians, because because Paul really couldn't be more clear about the matter in those books.
0: Absolutely.
1: Okay, so your
0: book, the uh, the Luciferian Agenda. Yeah. Um like I said, I started seeing this in 2012 and God was putting it in my heart. Like, basically, you know, the end's coming soon. And now, especially where we are, you know, I feel like it's, you know, since COVID, the veil, I feel, has dropped big time. I feel like evil is showing itself, like, in music. They're not even hiding it no more. They're so blatant with the evil and the, you know, the satanic, um, like, doing the seances and stuff on stage. So that's what I really love about your book. You you want to talk about the book a little bit and what inspired you to write it?
1: Yeah. So um, last year, 2022, I published uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 1. Uh, the subtitle is The Gathering Cloud of Deception. And that was really the culmination of about 17 years worth of, of deep dive research into the Luciferian conspiracy. And For those who've not heard that term, it's a very common term in their own literature. Of course, Lucifer is a biblical term, comes from Isaiah 14. It's the name of Satan. And the Luciferian conspiracy is taught in Scripture as well. And and what it is, is a conspiracy involving Satan, demons, and human accomplices, those three groups, working together to try to overthrow God and defeat God. Uh, people, um, certain certain people understand that Satan tried to defeat God in heaven. That story is well known. We read about that in the Book of Genesis, um, and uh, you know he got kicked out of heaven. And we read about it in Ezekiel. We read about it in Isaiah. We read about it in Revelation. And uh, he took one third of the angels with him, and that started a cosmic battle between God and Satan. Now God's already won the battle. We know that for sure. But uh, in human history, that battle is playing out and it's spilling over into the earthly realm of time, space, and matter. And Satan is conspiring with not only his fallen angels, but also human accomplices, literal human beings that pray to Satan and get their marching orders from him the way you and I pray to Almighty God, the creator of the universe. And so I set out to write about that and kind of present the results of my research. And uh, it was pretty heavy research. I mean, we went to all 50 states. we've visited, I don't know how many key uh, locations for key events in world history. Um, we've got I've got you know hundreds of books on my bookshelf, did lots of interviews, met with uh, people many of whom may not be believers, but they had valuable information about uh, kind of the behind the scenes battle. And it was really an awakening. And so that book last year uh, was kind of my attempt to really comprehensively explain the journey that uh, we had been on. Well, it turned out to be so much information that I couldn't fit it all in one book. So we actually uh, published two last year, volume one and volume two of The Spirit of the Antichrist. Uh, Volume two came out last year in uh, October. Uh, And so uh, and then this year I spent the last year working on the third book in that series, and it's called Spirit of the False Prophet, focusing on uh, the role the false prophet will play in this uh, final seven-year period. So the books basically uh, take a look at what life's going to be like in the seven years leading up to the return of Christ. And then First John 4 tells us the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work in the world. So then I take a look at world events and current events and point out how the stage is being set for that uh, reign of terror by the Antichrist and his second in command, uh, the false prophet. So those two will be like, you know, president, vice president, you know, uh, king and assistant and, or, you know, the first in charge, second in charge. And they're going to both be working at the behest of Satan, ruling the world, in a one world government. And uh, Cliff, we already see things, you know, getting closer and closer all around us uh, to what the Bible describes during that fateful seven-year period.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like the uh, the digital, you know, currency. You know, the surveillance state. You know, Charles Schwab. Um, I I truly believe Obama plays a part in this. I think I truly feel you know that he's gonna have something to do with this. Um, and and we see it, you know, so much now. Like again, COVID really when they when they did COVID. I really think they played their hand too far, and a lot of people woke up to, you know, what you you know, the Luciferian agenda, what what they're trying to do to this world, you know, put us under one world government, like the Bible says.
1: Yeah, I mean, the COVID was uh, pre-planned twenty-two years in advance. I I make that case very clearly in Volume One. We have fifty pages. On the pandemic. Uh, By the way, all three books have 40 to 60 pages of of bibliographic citations. So people can do their own research. Everything's documented. But the biggest chapter in the first book uh, is all about COVID. We have, I think, 15 or 20 smoking gun evidences that this was pre planned well in advance. And you're right, uh, a lot of people who may not know the Lord and may not understand things from a spiritual perspective. And nevertheless recognized that uh, this was a bridge too far. Something's not right. This was, we were being lied to. Uh, they were killing people with the you know, intubators and some of the medicines they were giving them. Um, and so that awakened a lot of people. And then on top of that, you've got the election in 2020, which, of course, we've been talking about rigged elections at Not By Works for you know 15 or 20 years, and uh, they're all rigged. 2020 was by no means the first example of that. But it was so severe and so blatant that a lot of people who previously thought that we had legitimate elections were awakened to the reality of the fact that we don't. And so I think those two events, more than anything else in recent times, have awakened people. And so through the books, we're trying to give them a way to connect all the dots to understand the big picture. And by the way, folks can go to notbyworks.org. You can see it on the screen there, notbyworks.org, uh, to you know, order the books. They're also on Amazon. Um, but uh, we kind of think Jeff Bezos has enough money, so if, you, if you're going to order them, you'd love love for you to order them from Not by Works. Um, but yeah, or and if you want to read more about them, we have two separate landing pages set up where you can read the entire preface of each book, you can look at the entire table of contents and see all the topics that we cover. Uh, so that's org or spiritofthefalseprophet.org, either one will work.
0: Absolutely. And and that's why I made this podcast. Like I'm a shy person, Um, it's very hard for me to open up to people like I like to get to know people. So this has been really hard, hard for me. But I I think it's so important that Christians see this side of it and conspiracy theorists understand that there's a huge spiritual and faith part of it. And that's why I created this podcast. Um, So when you usually, like, how do Christians usually take this? Like, I know when I listen to your podcast, and I truly suggest my listeners go check out your podcast and go to your your notbyworks.org. There's so much good information there. How do Christians usually take this when you tell them this stuff?
1: Well, you know, a lot of them— Don't take it well. It's kind of like when I'm speaking at conferences in Boston, and I tell them I'm not a Patriots fan. You know, it does not go <laughs> over. It does not go over well. Um, but uh, more and more Christians are waking up. But you know, we've been on this journey for a long time. My wife Wendy and I, my uh, partner for 31 years, my love of my life. Uh, she's really uh, walked this journey with me, and uh, so it's gotten, in some sense, easier than it used to be. But I can remember a time when. You know, we would mention some of this stuff on stage and the conference directors would pull me aside afterwards and, you know, tell me they don't agree with some of it, or they would cut it out, edit it out of the the DVDs they were making of the conferences. Many, many times we'd be uh, uh, confronted at our resource table uh, between sessions at conferences where people would think we're crazy. Uh, I can remember one occasion where I was doing a solo conference at a church. This was probably 15 years ago. And a guy got him, walked out of the middle of it and said some choice words on his way out the back door, just not happy with what we were saying. But, you know, that's OK. I, I mean, we we don't want people to believe it because I say it. We want people to study it and, and come to their own conclusion. And I'm very confident, uh, having studied this for as long as we have, that, uh, you know, that that we're accurate in our understanding of the Luciferian conspiracy Um what we want people to understand is that God wins though i mean, we're not we're not out here get trying to foment fear or get people to you know head for the hills. we want people to be prepared proverbs twenty two three has become a a really important verse in our life and that's uh, the verse that says uh, the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it, and so we 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 believe trouble is coming, and the Bible says trouble is coming. Second Timothy three thirteen says evil men and impostors are going to get worse and worse until Christ comes back, and so we really want people to not be blindsided by what's happening, uh, to be confident, uh, to stand strong, to to you know to uh, speak the truth. And uh, they cannot do that if they stick their head in the sand and, and, and ignore what's happening all around us.
0: Yeah. And I, and I agree. Like, um, John eight thirty two, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And that's truly for me, like I used to live in fear all the time. And, you know, I was going down all these rabbit holes and seeing the Luciferian agenda. But at that time, I wasn't close to God. You know, I I really only went to God when I was in trouble or when I needed him. And Then the last time I got in trouble, um, that was it. I had this uh, spiritual awakening where I actually was in the presence of God. Um, And I've heard other people speak on it, and I've said it a thousand times, but it truly was the most beautiful experience I've ever experienced. I felt... I, I seen this light, and it was so bright, but it wasn't hurt my eyes. I felt the love that, you know, I could only say, like, the way I love my daughter, it felt like that, but times a thousand. And it, it felt like it encompassed me. And I, I felt not worthy. I instantly fell on my knees, mm-hmm. and I just cried hysterically. Um, but it was a beautiful experience. And after that... Now I don't stray from God. I, you know, I listen to you. I I try to read the Bible as much as possible. Um, The Old Testament's a little hard for me because growing up was really tough. I I lived in a, you know, an alcoholic home. So I, I wasn't a good student. So, but I, I like to read the New Testament, and I try the Old Testament, but I'm not great. But uh, yeah, I, I, I love listening to you and your guests because you so you know everything, um, and it it just it puts me at peace because, like you said, I know who
1: wins now. God wins, so there's nothing to be afraid, but we should be ready. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, As far as the Old Testament, Proverbs is a great place to start. If you know, there are 31 chapters of Proverbs. And if you read one chapter a day, corresponding to whatever day of the month it is, you'll kind of work your way through Proverbs about 12 times in a year. And it's got lots of little short, uh, pithy sayings that that really give you wisdom and help you uh, with you know uh, navigating this uh, this troubling life. Um, but yeah, I mean we uh, we certainly don't know everything, obviously, but we do uh, seek to run everything we you know hear and see and teach through the grid of Scripture. We're by no means perfect, but I'm I feel like the luckiest guy in the world because you know like you, we've got a podcast and we bring on. Uh, some of the best guests in the world, uh, prophecy experts, Bible teachers, pastors, And I'm like a kid in a candy shop getting to pick their brain and and pass that on to, to other people. But, you know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And that means that faith for those who are lost and need to be saved, of course, comes by hearing the Word of God, specifically the gospel and how you can have eternal life by trusting in Jesus Christ, the Son of God who died and rose again. But that verse also means that faith for those who are already saved to grow up into spiritual maturity and get close to the Lord and be well grounded in their faith comes by hearing the Word of God. So, uh, you know, you're exactly right. Stay in the Word of God. Um, you know, it's it's a, the lamp to our feet and a light to our path. And I think the reason there are so many immature Christians um, in the world, and and of course, even unsaved people in churches who think they're saved, is because they're not in the Word of God. And um, so, we uh, we encourage folks to read uh, the word we give tons of scriptural references in all three of the most recent books, um, and, and the one thing we also do at the end of each of the three recent books is given afterward or epilogue in which we pl- plainly explain the good news about faith in Christ. And what's so exciting about that is, you know, our our goal was twofold, as we've already mentioned. We wanted to wake up believers to help them kind of break free from the fake right left paradigm, the political paradigm. Think that you know that's all about Fox News versus CNN, and and see that there's a spiritual battle going on. But secondly, we also want, obviously, as our mission, as a ministry, not by works ministries, we want to see the lost come to faith. We want people to get saved and 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 have eternal life. And so, these books really uh, hit 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 on both goals because, uh, as we've already said, a lot of people are waking up to this world and that something's not right, and so they might not read a a, a devotional book or a one of my other books about doctrine or theology, but they'll thumb through the the table of contents of these books, and man, it'll jump off the page at them, and they'll go, man, I'd love to learn more about UFOs, or aliens, or Bigfoot, or, you know, the false left-right paradigm, or the fake pandemic, or fake elections, or, uh, you know, we, we touch, uh, touch on so many things, paranormal, the the, the, the terrifying reality of satanic ritual abuse, as you've already mentioned. And so there's there's stuff in there that will resonate and pique people's interest. And so they'll start reading, and then they'll, they'll kind of be drawn in. They'll read other chapters of it. And before you know it, they're starting to piece together a worldview that understands it starts at the top. When things are heating up on earth, it's because they're heating up in the heavenlies, and it's just spilling over, and we are rapidly heading toward uh, what the Bible calls the end times.
0: So, so
1: you know, growing
0: up as a Catholic, you know, there, I, I remember there was always, you know, a disagreement on, like, the rapture. Wh- when when do you believe we'll, we'll be raptured? Like, during the, you know, when, before Jesus comes, you said the seven years. Like, what, do we have any idea when we'll be raptured, how much we'll have to go through?
1: Yeah. So, the next great prophetic event on God's uh, prophetic calendar is the rapture. And I realize there are different views on that, but I, you know, this is something that I've taught and studied uh, and been a part of some of the top, you know, theological think tanks that does that do research on this, such as the Pre-Trib Research Center, the Council on Dispensational Hermeneutics, and others. And so I'm pretty confident uh, in 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 my view of the pre-tribulational rapture. And uh, perhaps on another show we can dig into some of the biblical uh, proof texts for that. But you know, honestly, it's not something that I would, you know fight tooth and nail over, Um, to me, the bigger issue is the gospel. And the reality of this world as it is, I've been on programs of folks that don't hold to the pre-tribulational rapture. Uh, I've had guests on my show that don't. Uh, We we agree to disagree on some of those things, but I do think it's important. But I think there are more urgent matters at this time. Uh, So some people think the rapture happens, you know, during the seven-year tribulation. I think that's impossible. The tribulation is the seventieth week of Daniel, that final seven-year period of Daniel's four hundred and ninety-year plan. I Just did a message on that recently. You can check it out at notbyworks.org. All of my Sunday messages are free, and and you can watch them on our Rumble channel or our website, notbyworks.org. But I walked through that passage from Daniel chapter 9 and showed uh, unmistakably how that's one of the most important prophecies in the Bible, and that prophecy was made with Israel. It's not for the church, so the church is going to be rescued according to First 1 Thessalonians 1.10 and 1 Thessalonians 5.9, prior to the 70th week of Daniel, the wrath of God. Then God's wrath is poured out in that final seven-year battle leading up to Armageddon, and then uh, Christ comes back. We come back with Him to help inaugurate the long-awaited kingdom. Uh, but what I want to be sure people understand is that just because we believe the Bible teaches a pre-tribulational rapture, does not in any way mean that we think the rapture is going to rescue Christians before things get bad. That is not the case. We believe that we're going to be rescued before that seven-year tribulation, but things are already bad for a lot of brothers and sisters in Christ all throughout the world. And frankly, they have been for 2,000 years. All of the apostles were martyred for their faith. So uh, that's one of the things that that I, I want people to understand is that you need to be ready. If the Lord doesn't come back soon, you and I, Cliff, could face some pretty heavy persecution in America, the way others have uh, in other countries.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I believe I, you know, we're seeing it now with the LGBT agenda, and you know, you see these preachers that just preaching, they're showing love, and you know, you know, I seen a guy got stabbed recently, and you know. They, they're definitely the person, the persecution is definitely going to go up. And that's something I try to show my daughter. Like we're really blessed that we're able to have our Bibles and live a pretty good life. But, uh, things are definitely tightening up, um, right now. Um, I want to ask your opinion on the Catholic church. Now I'm not nothing knocking Catholics. I grew up Catholic that led me to Jesus, but, um, I, In my view, I think the Catholic Church is a part of this um, Luciferian agenda. You know, they have that great hall, and it looks like a snake. And, you know, I hear these terrible stories where the Catholic Church, you know, turns so many people away from God. And um, I just, I don't think the Catholic Church, you know, I really think they pray to Satan. I, I don't think they pray to our God. Well, what's your opinion on the Catholic Church?
1: Yeah, so I think you you, you said it right at, at the beginning there. We're, we're talking about the, the institution of Roman Catholicism, not individual people who may have grown up in that environment. Um, so I'm not personally attacking anyone or personally criticizing anyone, but I think if you do the research... Uh, you will find that the, the, uh, the Roman Catholic Church is apostate. It is uh, a false religion. Uh, they believe in the seven sacraments of salvation rather than the one and only means of salvation being faith alone and Christ alone. More than 160 times the New Testament says very clearly that you're saved by faith alone, not by baptism or last rites or marriage or the the Lord's Supper or the the uh, communion, those types of things. So se- the sevenfold sacramentalism of Catholicism is is wrong on the when it comes to salvation. But then you're right, if you really want to go down the rabbit hole and you get into the Jesuits and some of the stuff that goes on underneath the Vatican and the catacombs there and the and the caves and all the secret uh, rituals that go on there, and I and I talk about that in uh, my volume two, the Red Book, Spirit of the Antichrist, volume two, I have a whole chapter on the false religion, the coming one world religion, uh, because the reality is, uh, as the book, the book of Revelation tells us, in the end... Uh, right before Christ comes back, the Antichrist and false prophet will force everyone to worship the Antichrist. They're going to have to take the mark of the beast or be beheaded. Uh, they will worship him, and it'll be a one-world religion, uh, and true Christians uh, who have were, were left behind at the rapture but then got saved afterwards. And by the way, There's going to be millions of people that get saved after the rapture. Revelation 7 makes that clear. People from every nation, tribe, tongue, and language. So there'll be a great harvest of souls during the tribulation. Some of those will survive. Uh, Some of those will be martyred. Uh, But we are headed towards a one-world religion, and uh, there's plenty of data out there for those who want to research the Catholic Church Again, not saying that everyone who's a practicing Catholic is a bad person, but the fact of the matter is there's only one way to heaven. You can't get to heaven by being religious uh, or by, you know, confessing to a priest. Uh, You know, the Catholic Church is notorious for selling indulgences and corruption and uh, all kinds of horrific things going on behind the scenes. Um, So institutional religion is not the answer. The answer is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ by faith. Amen. And,
0: you know, any Catholics listening, I, I was a Catholic. Um, and and going through the priest and all that, you know, I, being at church, I did feel the presence of God. But now going directly to Jesus and God, you know, I feel better connected to him now, connected to Jesus than I did then. Hmm. I still like to go to the church and pray sometimes, but I pray directly to him. I don't go through the, you know, the, the father, you know, you know, I just, I would suggest Catholics, you know, pick your Bible up, have a relationship with Jesus directly. That's what I would say.
1: Amen. Yeah, it's a simple matter of faith. You know, uh, but the book of Hebrews tells us that uh, Christ is the once for all sacrifice when he shed his blood and he opened up a new and living way for us so we can boldly approach the throne. Jesus said, Whosoever will may come. Uh, The Bible ends with a great invitation in in the book of Revelation at the very end Whosoever will, let him come drink of the water of life freely. It really is something you cannot earn, Uh, you have to receive it by faith. So so you said you have a chapter on Bigfoot? Yeah, yeah. So in volume two, chapter, I think it's chapter either nine or 10. uh, I believe it's chapter 10. But I have a whole section on paranormal and cryptids and other, you know, shape-shifting and skinwalkers. And uh, really, we get into all the the dimensional aspect of that. Um, You know, Bigfoot is not a biological creature. He's a shape-shifting, you know, demonic entity. Uh, but yeah, yeah the, the same thing is true of UFOs. Uh, the fact that these things exist is is no longer an, a question. Anybody who denies the existence, for example, of Bigfoot, is just embarrassingly ignorant. They're they're not they're showing themselves to be naive, uh, and they haven't studied the, the research. But we've got hundreds of years worth of eyewitness accounts. They've increased in in the last seventy years. We've seen an upsurge in this, as we would expect to see, getting closer to the return of Christ. And uh, they are dimensional. They're manifesting themselves as these creatures. Uh, they're not benevolent. They're no, they're they're malevolent. They're nefarious. They're trying to do evil uh, things. And so, yeah, fascinating stuff in that in that book.
0: Yeah, it it absolutely is like Bigfoot. It like and that's that's what I want to show people. Like there's so much supernatural things, and like you said, it's all tied together. And when I realize that. Um, like I said, I had that spiritual awakening where I was in the presence of God because it, I had this moment where it all clicked and I realized it's all connected. It's a spiritual battle, good first evil. And like you said, it's trickling down into this world from the you know the spiritual realm. Um, and I hear these people like, I like to listen to the Bigfoot, I've been fascinated since I was a kid. But you hear people say, like, oh, they see a Bigfoot, then they hear talk. Then the thing's following them home. And then there's paranormal things moving around. And I hear these people talking about these Bigfoots like, you know, the way they talk about it is like it's Jesus. And I'm like, listen, it's a demonic supernatural <laughs> being. And you're letting them in and tell what. Well, I heard someone say, yeah, if you want to see a Bigfoot, welcome them in and tell them to come
1: in. And I'm like, it's a demonic being. Don't do that. No, not at all. Yeah. You're spot on there, Cliff, for sure. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, you know, we went uh, a couple of years ago. We did a series of events up in northern Georgia at, at two or three different churches, and b- between conferences over that three-week period, we went to one of the most well-known Bigfoot museums in the in the in the world, really. But it's in the Blue Ridge Mountains there, and it was fascinating. But you know, a lot of the the artifacts and a lot of the articles that they had from you know newspapers going back a hundred years or more. Uh, they're all based on the wrong premise that these are biological creatures like some undiscovered species or something, and uh, and they just miss the point. Uh, but Satan often masquerades as an angel of light, the Bible tells us, and so uh, these are part of a the, the cosmic unseen battle, which Paul tells us in Ephesians 6 that our battle is not against flesh and blood and what we can see, but it's against the principalities and powers and the spiritual wickedness in high places.
0: Amen. So do you have an opinion on Switzerland? Because I I feel that Switzerland has something to do with like, I think the leaders of this Luciferian agenda, you know, I think it's the Catholic Church. I think it's the Prince of England. But I think Switzerland plays a role in it. You know, they're always neutral in wars, but then they're funding the wars. Do you have any opinions on that?
1: Well, it is interesting uh, that you know Switzerland has is kind of a beachhead for a lot of evil things. I, I did a, a message at a conference earlier this year in which I showed some uh, pictures of statues that they have all around the key cities in Switzerland that are just satanic on the on their face. Uh, it's just amazing, uh, but. Yeah, I mean the the Luciferian agenda has many outposts. I think New York City is one of them. Washington D.C. is one of them. Rome is one of them. Obviously uh, Davos, Switzerland, is one of them. Then you've got competing factions within it, like Russia and China. Uh, you've got other evil pawns in the game, like North Korea and uh, you know Iran and and so forth. Uh, so it's hard to kind of pin it down. I do think that you know, not necessarily as an entire government, but certainly there are rogue elements of Switzerland's government that are very closely tied to the Luciferian elite. And by the way, in in the first book, volume one, the green book, we outline and diagram the conspiracy. So we show you kind of each level, the the groups or entities that are at each level, and uh, and again, folks can and check that out for themselves. But uh, I believe when when you know the next phase of this game, according to their blueprint and their plan, uh, is to bring down America. America is the one nation standing in the way of this one world government, and so I think we are rapidly approaching this confluence of events that are going to really be catastrophic for our nation as we know it, economic, military, uh, you know, biological, who, who knows, wet weather-wise, uh, they have a lot of uh, tools in their tool bag, uh, but I think that's what's going to happen. Uh, of course, you know, knowing their blueprint is important. I have a whole chapter in volume two on the Luciferian timeline, and I I go back a hundred years to a, a satanic Uh, Satan worshiper Alice Bailey, she and her husband started the Lucifer Publishing Company back in the 30s and 40s. Um, And she was channeling, in her own words, she was channeling a demon called Master DK, in which she uh, wrote 10,000 pages worth of uh, demonic uh, uh, documents. And 15 times in those 10,000 pages, this demon told her that 2025 was going to be the year uh, of the final breakdown. So it doesn't mean it's going to happen because God, of course, is the ultimate one in control of the timetable. But I think uh, anytime you're in a battle, it's kind of helpful if you can get your hands on the enemy's playbook. And uh, so I think we need to be really uh, awake and aware and paying attention to what unfolds over the next few years.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I listen to like Dan Bongino and stuff, and they're aware of what's going on. um, But they, they don't see the spiritual side, you know, the side that your three books talks about, you know, if you just look like the open border, you know, everything they're doing is to collapse America because like you said, we're, you know, we basically, you know, we stick up for the rest of the world and, you know, we're so strong. And once we fall, you know, then everything else is probably going to fall after.
1: Yeah. They'll bring us to a point, I believe, where we're begging for, the, the the new world order to come in and rescue us um and uh you know so so who knows when that's going to happen i i have to happen to believe it it's going to be soon i just i can't see it going on much longer satan has conquered just about every frontier uh that he can conquer and i just feel like god's got to say enough's enough let's get this game get this game over you know uh, but we'll see absolutely
0: well I- I, I really suggest my listeners go get the books. I'm getting the books for myself as myself for a Christmas present. Um, where could people, because I listen to your podcasts on Spotify, but can they get your podcast not by works.org?
1: Yeah, they can go to notbyworks.org. That's probably the best place for kind of one-stop uh, place to, to point you in all the directions. But the podcast is uh, daily, and you can get it anywhere you listen to podcasts, uh, Spotify, Apple, Google, Pandora, iHeartRadio, Podbean, whatever your you know application of choice is. If you just search for Not By Works Ministries, you'll find it. Or if you go to our website, notbyworks.org slash podcast, you'll see a whole list there that'll link you directly to uh, whichever your favorite uh, podcast provider is. Uh, but yeah, they can get the books at notbyworks.org as well. Uh, and uh, you know, we'd love to uh, you know, love to, to see folks do their research uh, and, uh, and, and appreciate you. Let me kind of share this, this word. JB, I really appreciate
0: your time. You know, I listen to you every day. I know how busy you are. You're always traveling. So I truly appreciate your time. I um, appreciate you coming on. God bless you and your family. Um, you know, I, I pray that Jesus keeps you protected as you keep putting the truth out there, waking people up, leading people to the truth. The truth is Jesus. He is the He is the way, the only way. And don't be afraid.
1: You know, we know who wins in the end. Amen. Praise God. Good word. Thank you, JB. Have a great day.